Hi, I'm Allison Gorski. I play Lana in Obliterated, and this is the Obliterated Companion Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Obliterated Companion. You guys, I'm really excited about today's interview. Got a lot of questions, uh, previous work and and Obliterated, obviously. is. Um, I'm joined by Allison Gorski. How are you doing, Allison? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, jumping at the bit to, to speak to you. Uh, I, I, I like to kick off kind of what has the reception been like for you from friends and family since the show's come out? Um. <laughs> You know, it's been it's been largely incredibly positive. Like my friends loved it. Everyone seems to have binged it. So it's like, which is nice, but also like, you know, everyone watched it all in one night or two nights. And so um, I got all the feedback very quickly, which is good, um, which was but everyone's just so excited for me and loves the show. And I think my favorite thing is that like everyone from my granny even though she's she deemed a lot of it very inappropriate to my best friends like of all just people of all different ages and backgrounds and stuff that that love me but are like i genuinely enjoy the show so it's been it's cool to see that that there's not just like a specific audience yeah yeah it's a little something for everybody right yeah kind of, a lot of different genres um yeah have, have you noticed if there's more like a uh followers or uh, fans from a certain region of the world this shows on netflix right so there's a, little, a lot more eyes on it that's actually true you know i have i don't know if just more people that reach out tell me that they're from germany but i have a lot of german followers and some russian followers um but i think german people probably reach out to me the most which is interesting, interesting. what, what, what yeah. is uh, your background if you don't mind me asking the uh, last name gorski yeah, Gorski. Gorski's actually Polish, so I have a Polish background on my dad's side. He's like basically all Polish with some German in there, I think. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you wonder maybe the last name? They're like, hey, that's European. Yeah. And probably, probably it sounds very Polish. The Gorski. It's a very typical Polish name, but yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're from the East Coast, right? Is mm. I I don't know what site to believe. Um, I know. One- there's like DC and Virginia. Well, yeah. So I I was born in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and raised mostly in the Virginia DC area. So a lot of the people that would live outside of DC, um, like in Clarendon, Virginia, and Arlington, Virginia, it's really typical for us to be like, oh, we're DC kids. Um, even though we were technically on the Virginia side, we spent so much time in DC proper that we just say DC. But I'm I'm technically a military kid that moved around a bit, but I'm from Virginia. Okay, th- that's kind of like the like New New um, York and New Jersey. There's just some yeah. borders there, or like you know, you're kind of claiming yeah. one state or the other. Um, military, where where did you spend most of that time? So were you like army brat or? Yeah, yeah, I'm an army brat. My dad's actually a um, a two star general in the military, so he liked the, uh, the the military aspect of the show. Had a good laugh about some stuff. Um, but no, I spent most of my time outside the D.C. area. Yeah. Um, your dad, does he have a favorite character? I mean, aside from, you know, maybe Lana. <laughs> I don't know if Lana's his favorite character. Um, he loves he he loves Trunk a lot. 
My mom is, of course, in love with Nick, as is every other woman that seems to talk to me about the show. Uh, but no, they just they love they loved it all. Yeah. You, you, you think maybe it's the the um the, the scene with Nick and his mom, you know, in that flashback. You think that's maybe what won America over? Yeah, yeah, I bet it's a sweet, sweet scene. Oh, and he loved what am I talking about? I completely. My dad loves Eugene's character and his okay. relationship with his daughter in the show. I can't believe I didn't even initially say that. Yeah, that's his favorite. What about Haggerty? Any thoughts on <laughs> who doesn't love Haggerty yeah. <laughs> or love Fair. to hate? Like he's just ridiculous <laughs> in the show. But uh, yeah, Tommy's so talented and just so good at that character that uh, he's hard not to love, even in his more ridiculous moments you know yeah that's a that's a wild character you kind of just remember all the little things whether it's dialogue or like um the physicality like the 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 tongue waving you know when he's going through his playlist i know the tongue waving i can't yeah he's so good he's great yeah um just a little bit of you that is out there it sounds like you had a bit of a performance bug early on, right? Because like yeah. some of your school, uh, you did theater, but um, and, and you're still like involved with theater right now. Yeah, yeah, I am. I guess I did get the performance bug early on, but I moved around a bit and I was also a really shy kid. And so I didn't, I don't really remember telling people that I wanted to be an actress. I think in Virginia, that was kind of like, just an embarrassing, like just kind of a dream you didn't dare speak. Um, And then when it came time to kind of start applying to college and stuff, I just, I, uh, I was like, it's now or never for me. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm especially, you know, they, they, Hollywood so values youth. And I was 18. I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to, who knows if I'll go once I leave college and blah, blah, blah. So I, although I had always loved it and I'd done theater here and there at school and stuff and, uh, regional theater, I, I, d- I didn't admittedly want to be an actress until I was 18 and moved out to LA. And I, I went to a theater conservatory program for three years. I really just like immersed myself in trying to learn the craft of it because I didn't want to like embark on auditions or do anything until I knew, until I knew I knew what I was doing until like, I really, um, I felt confident in my abilities. So theater is definitely where my heart is and where, um, what was my foundation for acting. But, um, yeah, I think I always wanted it and I couldn't say it until I was 18. And uh, it's it's hard. It's so hard. Like, even if you have the bug to ch- to really chase your dreams. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I found myself in L- L.A. And oh, doing- what was the inspiration? What was that moment that, that made you think, you know, this is a possibility? Even if you hadn't made that decision until a little bit later, was there yeah. like a performance that you saw that really made you feel? Or was it like a a performance of your own in in school. Yeah. I think um I don't know if there was like one singular performance, but I really I just found so much solace in movies growing up. Like I was like I said kind of shy, especially when I moved to DC. I I was living in this really small town in Virginia where it was like 25 kids per grade small. And I had moved from the suburbs of DC to there. And I kind of felt like a bit of an outsider, um, went through some stuff, some personal stuff and family stuff. And I didn't, there was a year where I didn't really have friends or anything. And I just found so much comfort in movies and TV shows and comedy. Like I, 
like by the time I was 12, I had like owned every episode of Friends and Sex and City in the office. And I would just binge watch things for comfort. And I think I found so much comfort in that, that I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be the thing that makes people feel good. And whether they're in a hospital or they're just like some lonely kid. And I think I just always, I just always wanted to be a part of it. So I don't know. um, And acting just made the most sense to me. I didn't really have the impetus to be a writer or a director. I'm not that like, it's hard for me to um, see large, like I'm very character driven, but um, acting just always made sense to me. And I was a highly emotional kid. And um, yeah, I think I just, I don't know if there was one moment, but I just remember the push coming to shove and I was just like, okay, I, I got it. I'm going to go try this. And if I fail, like what is failing in the pursuit of like, you know, life is a joke. So what's, what is, what does it mean to fail? It's all like a game and we die and nothing matters. So <laughs> it's just yeah. like that um, Aaliyah song, you know, like if you don't succeed, you know, you get up and you dust yourself off and try again. Right? Yeah. So it, you, yeah. you won't learn. It is trial and error. You have to fail sometimes. And it's um it's funny because like I think about like my kids I, I'm I'm dad of five and some of the of older five kids, five yeah I have five kids that's amazing <laughs> well you know shout out to my wife yeah um, but, yeah <laughs> but the older ones they try to like they think they're kind of smooth or sneaky or whatever I'm like I have to remind them I was a teenage dad like I was still growing up while raising you so like yeah. I went through a lot of the same stuff so you can't fool me. You know, but but to to my point, it's like you have to fail in order to be able to teach them life lessons, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, it's so true. And like if. Yeah, it's it's like, what is it they say, like the courage to fail? I remember um, when I was like, I wasn't really seeing any results. And it was like after the pandemic and I I had done some movies and some like indie stuff, but I, I couldn't break in to like get a big audition. And I was like, how do I break in? Like, what do I do? And I saw this like video or some TikTok of someone saying, collect your rejections. And they were like, just try to like, don't even think about trying to receive a yes or a, an offer. Just send out as much like try to contact people, whether it's agents or managers or people, you know, and to have as many people say no, and you'd be surprised with how many yeses you get. So I I remember embarking on that and being like rejections and failure kind of being synonymous in that sense. Like I was like, I'm just going to go search for failure, search for rejection, rejections and see if something happens along the way. But like, you can't be afraid of that. Otherwise it'll cripple you into not doing anything. And then, you know, yeah, I mean, you get it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I do. And, you know, whatever it was, you know, it seemed to work because in the last few years, you know, you've been you've been in a few things, uh, at least a handful of things. And I don't know if it's that thing where it only became available for streaming by, by these certain years. But um, I think the earliest thing of yours that I watched was um, Battle Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was about 2021, I believe, was the release for that. Do you remember? It wasn't my first. I had done a, um, I had done a horror movie with Eric Roberts. It's a film by Dante Yor called um, Six One Six Wilfred Lane. Wilfred Lane, yeah, that was my first one, and uh, uh, the producers were Howard Bird and Mark S. Allen, um, who I ended up doing a movie later with called Amy's Bucket Bucket List. But um, the uh, I got Battle Star Wars because Dante was friends with a cinematographer who was doing his first film. I think it was his first film. 
Uh, his name's James. And uh, it was so it was my second movie ever. But with Battle Star Wars, I, you didn't ask, but I feel like I have to give disclaimers. Like, one of, I feel, I mean, I wasn't that young, but I felt so young. I think I was like 22 or, yeah, 22. And um, there, there's this production company called Asylum. And they, sorry if you can hear that, uh, the dumpster, whatever. But uh, there's this production company called Asylum in LA that makes like, c-list mockbuster movies so they take like a concept that did really well and then they like the, the movie's called battle star wars right so it's a combination of star wars and battle star galactica or whatever it's called and they combine the two to kind of use this catch so when people are searching one they'll find but they make these mockbusters for nothing for like a hundred thousand dollars and we shoot them in a week and like you get like one take per scene and you know the scenes and i did a few of those so i did a uh, battle star wars airliner sky battle <laughs> and uh jungle, jungle run. run yeah jungle run but we shoot those things too. what i might have seen that one too it's so but the thing is it's like with those is they're ridiculous and we are also self-aware when we make those like like it, it, the battleship in uh battle star wars was literally like um made with Tupperware containers that they spray painted gray and like glued to the ceiling. So we'd be like doing a scene and I'd be like, like dad, the asteroid's coming and like some like, a piece of Tupperware would fall off. So it's like, we knew what we were making was like shit, but um, they, they do really well overseas and uh, they're fun. They're so fun to shoot just because no one's taking it seriously. And uh, honestly, I really think that they should make a documentary about the making of asylum films like Jungle Run and uh, Battle Star Wars because they're just so ridiculous. Like, I had pink eye in both my eyes the whole time filming that because the makeup artist didn't clean her brushes. Like, there was just it was disaster after disaster, and yeah, I I, I have such fond memories of the, of the, those times and for like learning how to behave on set and stuff um, without like being in a professional environment. But it's not like. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities, but it's not like I'm, I'm proud of that work. And so whenever yeah. people bring it up, I'm like, I know it's not art. I'm so self-aware, but it was a good time. Sorry, yeah, that was no, a long... That, yeah. I think that's all that matters. Like, I don't think any of them did I ever feel like, oh, man, this was a complete waste of time. I thought they were fun. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I think that's the reason why I kept on watching more. You know, it's just because, yeah. like, I wasn't going to go in depth with any of those, right? Like, I, was, I wanted to know about you and Obliterated, but, like, some of these other things is, is kind of a, a treat for me, you know? Yeah. But to go back to 616 Wolford Lane, I was like, this is almost kind of a prequel to Obliterated, you know? I know, like yeah. The whole Vegas thing, and, you know, I don't want to give anything away because I think that's worth a watch. That's kind of like, you know, paranormal activity, but. Um, yeah. I thought it was very spooky. It was really, really creepy. I thought it was good. Thank you. Thank you. I like yeah. six. I love the horror genre. I did also a movie called um, The Puppet Man that came out th uh, this last year as well, a few months before Obliterated came out. Um, that's on Shudder and was produced by AMC Plus and Shudder. And um, I'm really proud of that movie and that performance as well. Like, um, I love the horror genre and I really hope to do to do a lot more in that world because i just i love it so much but yeah interesting okay yeah mm -hmm. um i didn't get a chance to watch puppy man but i did watch the 616 wolford uh lane um what i this is kind of putting you on the spot but do you have like a top five horror movies oh you know it's like that thing when people ask you and then you forget like all of your taste in movies i love i think hereditary i love um 
Hereditary. The Shining. Yeah, Hereditary. Right. The Shining so is like. Yeah. Uh, Hereditary, The Shining. Um, you like the I psychological lo- yeah. thrillers. Yeah, I love anything Ari Aster does. I love um, I love anything Monkey Paw Entertainment does. Like I love like Jordan Peele, all of his stuff. Um, and like, I love how with the horror genre, it's getting like, they're really using the genre to tell these like very important metaphors and reflections on society. And I feel like the genre is getting so heightened and um, I just love it. And I, th- I find it so captivating, but yeah. What other, why am I blanking on? Um, Did you like any of those um, final destination ones? Yeah, uh, I really like Barbarian last year. Did you see that one? I did not. I, I heard a, a lot of like um, film Twitter talking about it. Yeah, it's really good. I know. I've. I've this is so crazy. I'm blanking because I like love any horror, of those, but... like uh, you know the classic uh, franchises like uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, maybe even the newer I love, version. Yeah, yeah, I love those. I love those. But I mean, like the standout ones for me, Hereditary was probably one that, like, I think if it wasn't in the horror genre, I think Tony Collette could have gotten an Oscar for that performance. It was so good. She, like, oh. Everybody, everybody was so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, I swear to God, I, I think like two, three days ago, I was just driving, and you know, before we started recording, I mentioned how it was snowing out here, and I had no music on, and I was just driving, and out of nowhere, I just went, and I was like, why did I do that? Yeah, I yeah. Myself out, you know, about Charlie and stuff. But um, yeah, that movie it sticks with you. And I often say, uh, I could get a reference like that moment where um, uh, Tony Collette, I forget her character's name, but uh, she's like in the room by herself and she looks to the corner and you could kind of see the grandmother. And you're yeah. just like, missing. So, yeah. I just love the performance when she's at the table and the son is given and she just lets him have it because she has all that grief still in her and anger at him, but she knows he's not actually didn't technically do anything wrong. And I love what she says. She's like, what that fucking face off your face. <laughs> like I say that I used to quote that all the time because I just, I'm so sorry if you can hear this. It's so loud. Can you hear it? Doesn't sound too bad. Okay. Sorry. No, that's all right. Um, yeah. I, I, you did some screaming in, in the, in the Wolford lane too. Was, yeah. So, well, so what do you remember about like uh, filming, like uh, the directions given for 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 that movie? For Wilfred Lane was um, so that was my very first movie, and um, with Eric Roberts too. That's that's wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so funny. There's, um, there's a twist, you guys. Go check it out. I I did not see that coming. I had some really? questions. I had some questions. Uh, you know, during yeah. the movie. And at the end, I go, okay, that makes sense. But I was, I was going along with everything until the very end. I was like, uh huh. You know, so uh-huh. I, I got I was able to figure, yeah, kind of piece some things out. But, but I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was well done. Oh, good. You should watch if you like horror. You should watch uh, the Puppet Man. Oh, um, well, I will. I, I told you that I, I would, but then when I stumbled upon these other ones, and I was kind of going in chronological order. So I saw Jungle Run, six one six. Battle of Star Wars and Amy's uh, fucking list. So, okay, cool. yeah, they're um, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. There's, you know, they are what they are. Uh, yeah, six one six. Pretty much, Dante was really good at just being like, I trust my actors, and um, just hired. We really just got to play. I mean, with all of those that I really did, even obliterated to some extent. I mean, it, the, the direction was probably more specific for sure. But I find that a lot of the directors I've worked with have been, I don't want to say hands off because they know what they want, but they also really allow you to, sh- or me, whoever, you know, 
to show them what they want or who the character is. So, yeah, yeah. like they, they kind of allow you uh, kind of space to give your own interpretation of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in uh, Amy's bucket list, I, I thought, if, if not not mistaken, there's a there's a sequence where. Uh, Amy is looking through Facebook and like five years ago, it was a picture of her from Battlestar Wars. Oh, yeah. Do you, re- do you remember that? I do remember that. I watched Amy's Bucket List in theater. There was a premiere here in LA. Um, and uh, I was like, I think they'd asked me for a photo and maybe I sent them one that they didn't like or maybe I forgot. I don't remember. But um, they, so they just pulled like a Google image. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And you know the stark difference. My hair is like this short in Battle Star Wars, and yeah, <laughs> so funny. It, it really threw me off because, like, I had just watched Battle Star Wars, and and I, I guess Amy's bucket list was the fourth one in, in that order. So it went Battle, Jungle Run, Six One Six, and then Amy. So that's the order I watched it. And I don't doesn't sound like they're in chronological order, but um, when Amy's looking at on her tablet, or I, I don't know, if it was the photo I, I kind of forget, but when this show flashed that flashed that picture, I go. No, oh, that's funny. That's the same thing she wore in Star, Star, yeah. Star Wars. And then, and then I just kind of went back and then I froze. I go, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, I'm bringing that up. Yeah, that is funny that they did that. That is so funny. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, so Amy's bucket list. Tell tell mm-hmm. me like how you uh, came upon that because that one uh, I think is definitely uh, a must watch. You know, I, I think oh. it, you there, there's a lot of fun, and I think um, I think a lot of us, quite frankly, would love to react in the way Amy reacts to certain situations after mm-hmm. uh, kind of getting the news that she is like terminally ill. Yeah, Amy's was I. So actually, all of the movies that I did were because, and this is, speaks to so much of how like it works in the early days of your career in LA, but like where I got because of the, I booked the first one off of an audition, which was 616. And then I got battle star Wars because of a cinematographer of the director, a friend of the director of uh, 616. And then I got jungle run because of uh, a PA on uh, battle star Wars was doing his first movie. And then I got, um, the puppet man because the P the director of that movie knew the producer for, from shutter. And then I got, I mean, I had to audition for all of these, but the opportunities came because of people I knew. And I got Amy's because of the two producers of six, one, six, one of the producers wanted to direct his first film and he liked my work in, in six, one, six. So that was the only one I didn't audition for. That was just given to me, but um, I had worked with Mark on 616 and then his directorial debut was Amy's Um, and him and Howard had told me they wrote the script and they thought of me for it and would I read it and do it and I liked it and I agreed and yeah, so it's great. What was your uh, favorite uh, like retaliation? I don't know if it's retaliation, but like any time that Amy has a strike back. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of forgetting the coworker's name, but I I, I could tell if he because he was also an employee of the month, so I don't know if he was like another coworker or was he the boss? Oh, he was like my manager, I think. Okay, this was, um, manager was also yeah. employee of the month all this month. <laughs> I know, yeah, that was the joke. I guess it was such a silly movie. Um, uh, I honestly really liked beating up the car with the the baseball bat. That was really oh, sure. fun because yeah. they really got oh, like Carrie they, Underwood. Just to, yeah, they just told me to just go for it, and that was that was fun. So yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so after, what was the last one of those that you do before you booked Obliterated? The Puppet Man. The Puppet, the Puppet Man. Man. Okay, yeah, right, because that, that one just came out just right before. Um, so how how did you get Obliterated? And what what do you kind of remember were they asking? Because uh, from, from some of the other interviews I've uh, watched with like some of the other cast members, they mentioned that you had to learn Russian as well. Yes, yeah. Um, I got the i had like a commercial agent who um whose assistant was like she's not booking commercials but she's a good actress uh we should have her we should theatrically submit her um because it's so hard to get represented in hollywood and like i still didn't have an agent um but i started working with my manager peter um at sweeney entertainment and basically i guess that through both of their efforts to try to get me this audition for this new netflix show called obliterated they both tried and I ended up getting the audition and um, I did my initial tape and then I got a call back and I think I got asked to read for Ava and then I wasn't right for Ava. And then um, I did another tape for them with some notes and then I had a testing that I went to test, which is like when it comes down to you and three other actors and I guess they're all approved, but then you go to test for producers I think I had to test for like Netflix, Sony, and the directors. And uh, that's when you're like live reading with a with a casting director, a casting associate. And I did that. And that was, t- and it was all new to me. Like I had never done that before. Cause like I said, the other stuff I got through knowing people and they just had me do one audition and I got the role. But this was the first time where there was like a process, like audition, call back, go to test, another test. I think there was another test. I think I went through three and I kept getting notes every time, but it was kind of confusing because like there you're you you keep moving on along in the process. So you're like, okay, so something I'm doing must be right. But clearly, but at the same time, I haven't fully convinced them yet. And and they're giving me notes on things to change. So it's like it's really hard. It was so scary for me because I wanted to give them what they wanted, but at the same time, I was like, but I still have to remain true to what I've been doing because it's gotten me this far. So um and plus, you know, sometimes you get conflicting notes, like Sony would say one thing and then the guys with the the directors, John, Josh and Hayden would say something else. So it was it was so scary because it was my first time. Um, but that's and then I ended up finishing the test. And I think a few days later, I got the call from my manager and then the guys, John, Josh and Hayden called me later that day to congratulate me on the role. And uh yeah, it was just like so life changing, and I mean, truly, it's so cheesy to say, but like truly life changing. And uh, I just remember crying and calling my parents, and like calling, like just being so happy because, like, I mean, just I lived in LA at that point, like seven years of just mm-hmm. doing these God bless them shitty mockbusters, and then six months, like things I was so grateful for, but like I didn't, I couldn't pay my rent with that money. I couldn't pay off bills. Like I, I was working so many, you know, whether I was like waitressing or assisting or I was always hustling. So it was just so nice to have an acting job that like had paid, could pay for my life for a little bit. Um, not to mention just obviously the opportunity and all of that. So yeah, the, that was the audition process of like getting the role. And, um, it's so cheesy, but I'll, I'll remember it for the rest of my life because it changed my life. So. So, so they, uh, so your, so your team submitted you for for the show. So it wasn't even specifically for Lana at first, right? Because you, you said that they had you read as Ava. 
No, I read is Lana and then they had me read is Ava too, but um, I don't know why. I don't know if they were like, maybe, I don't know why, but they had me read for Ava too. And then it, I obviously, Shelly is so Ava. So like it's, it worked out. But um, actually I remember in both auditions, I had to speak Russian because the audition scene for Ava was when right. she's meeting uh, in the first episode when she's talking to uh well, I don't want to give anything away, but oh, right, right. Russian... Yeah, yeah. I, I think at this point we can just just the intro. Okay, you know. Oh, but, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, Ivan, Ivan, yeah. Right, right, I didn't yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. like my brother or anything like that, yeah. but um, and then in mine, I didn't know because when you're auditioning, you don't really know. You're like, okay, she's Russian, but she was a you know she's grown up in America. I didn't know how much Russian she actually had to speak in the show, but um. Yeah, so that was really intimidating. But when you're when you want a job, I was like, I can do it. I can learn the whole language. Like I'll do anything. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you booked that, and um, I, I would imagine, you know, so emotional. You you said you cried and called your parents, but all the hard work finally paid off. Um, yeah. So I don't know how much did you know about the character and like the duality that you'd have to play. Uh, they I knew I knew they wrote like a scene that didn't end up being in the show to play. Anastasia it was like a conversation between me and my brother that they kind of incorporated in one of the flashback scenes but not it was a different in the audition um but I knew that I was also that I was the villain of the like that I was the twist so that was like so juicy and exciting I mean I think the first film of yours that we talked about you know may may have you know kind of helped you know preparation for that duality so um do you have uh I don't know how to um really ask this because it's because you because because really you're Anastasia playing Lana who has to play like a, a, a different type um what did you have an answer for yourself or were you told how does Anastasia know about this character of Lana Kirkwood um because there's some stuff uh, uh, dropped in dialogue between Anastasia and Ivan and she talks about like you know the women that he's been with and she does the voice so is that yeah. like is 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 Lana somebody that Ivan dated, or is that already a cover backstory that Anastasia had for herself? Yeah, I think I think she was just like a um, a combination of all the women that I had seen Ivan with, and like just like a cliche American girl, the type of girl you'd see in Vegas. I think I was she she was like a mockery of that, and. Um, I don't think it, Anastasia based her on anyone. She just like quickly, you know, she sees the outfit of this woman that Ivan had hooked up with, throws it on, and is just like, "This is." I'm, I'm assuming this person. So, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think she. It was based on um, that, but just the typical party girl. And um, so, like, when you're kind of going through certain scenes, are you like kind of reminded the headspace of Anastasia at the time because I'm thinking like it's a really good twist right and we get it at the end of episode six and when that twist happens I'm like okay I have to mentally prepare myself and go back and rewatch and start watching when does like Ava start becoming suspicious because you see glimpses of her facial reactions throughout some of the episodes so like um you know for example when when Lana is with Maya on the bus like, mm-hmm. do you have to kind of remember, like, at this point, what has been revealed? Why doesn't she just take out Maya? Kind of things like that. Yeah. Um, I think she's playing the long game with the team. 
Yeah. And that's probably why she didn't take out my end. She's just like, um, you know, Anastasia is so smart. And I think she's thinking three steps ahead at all times. And um, when I look back, we we actually filmed chronologically. So like we filmed, there was only some things that I had that were in episode eight that I had to film the first two weeks of filming. Um, but it was like just scenes between Ivan and I. But But it was helpful because when we'd be filming if I gave away too much or if I did anything, one of the writers, I remember specifically Bob Dearden saying to me, like, it can't be too obvious. Like you can't like grin when they fuck up or anything like that. You have to, you know, (laughs) she's really is in character. And, uh, but there are some moments where they wanted me to allude to it. And I think there's a moment that I didn't even, that was like tonally captured so well when I'm in the sauna scene (laughs) with um, Trunk and he's, talking about McKnight and how he, he says something like, Oh, you know me better. You picked, you noticed something that my best friend has never noticed. So I say something like really. And I know my really is Anastasia saying really, and not like picking up information, finding weak spots um, and, and trunk psyche and stuff like that. And not like coming from this innocent Lana place of curiosity and empathy um, for trunks character. So I think there's a lot of that when I rewatched it, cause I did always know, and it was about not playing into it, but it's so hard or it was really hard. Cause I didn't, um, I wanted to have the duality, but I also in playing Lana, like I didn't know how big to go with like this airhead. And I was like, so whenever I wanted to play her more naturally, I was like, Oh no, that's too Anastasia. So I try to put on the Lana thing again and not try to seem fake, like have her seem like a real enough person. But then also, you know, she is, a performance of Amastasia. So it was like, it was just fun and hard. And um, the directors really helped me like tonally figure it out and not go overboard. Yeah. Oh, what do you remember about uh, filming with uh, Adam Hirschman, DJ Candy Corn in episode six? Um, That it was just so fun. Adam is amazing. And what I remember is um, it was so much improv. And those were such long days because it was me, um, Shelly and Paola. And that was kind of like our, the only time that us girls like had that, except for, you know, Kimmy, because she was hospitalized, but had that time together. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, Adam, it was just, he just kept throwing, I wish I had specific lines, but he improved so much and I was just reacting off of it as Lanas and being grossed out by him. But uh I just remember just following his lead and and what and just reacting to any ridiculous thing he said and uh, yeah yeah it was just a fun it was just a fun day and Adam's hilarious so you, you spend more time or at least for us we we see more of uh, of you as Lana do you have a preference did you like uh, playing one uh, more than the other oh I love playing Anastasia like that is. Like that is who I want to play forever. Like I love Lana's so fun, but I really think, and I've said this before, I think I got the role because of my ability to play Anastasia. Like not, I think there's many amazing women that could have played Lana. Um, and that was actually harder for me to tap into. And Anastasia just comes like, it's just so much more juicy. And I think so much more me. And I loved being like a badass and like evil. And uh, I, I don't think she's evil. I think she's, hurt and wounded and um i actually don't think she's evil at all but i i preferred playing the villain for sure the, the uh we'll, we'll get to like the the rooftop chase and fight but uh 
the, the, the moment where like Ava is speaking to her and you almost kind of see if she's conflicted. Do you think, uh, you, you know, about like kind of giving up the nuke before we find out that she had given it away, right? Yeah. Do, do you think there was a glimpse of like, um, of her being conflicted about like wanting to do the right thing or was she always like, no? I mean, because I know she says that that's why I don't have it. But do you, just you, your opinion? Yeah, I definitely think she, and I think that is why she doesn't, like, she didn't want to stop herself or, like, have her, the love that she grew to have for the team cloud her decision, her ultimate revenge and anger. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think there's that moment. Because I think Ava and Anastasia are actually really similar women. They're, like, opposite sides of the same coin. Um, and I think I saw that, in, you know, in her, and I... Yeah, I don't think I don't think she's all evil. I think she kind of wanted to, you know, maybe she wanted to be caught. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's there's something to that with with criminals. You know, it's the the thrill and uh, you know of, of the chase, but it's you know, yeah. I, I think more often times than not, it's like they know they're gonna get caught. Um, yeah. The, the 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 chasing the, the rooftop fight with with uh, Ava. Do you, are you guys also kind of going through the choreography yourselves? Uh, yeah. and, and then also the stunt doubles that way you guys are able to kind of cut in between yeah well what's so crazy is we had like we had filmed in Albuquerque for four months and then the last month we the, for the fifth we went to Vegas to do all the exteriors and stuff so it was the last it was really exciting because it's one of the last scenes of the show and we're in Vegas and it's like and it was actually the last thing we shot of the show was that fight sequence like the very last scene that we shot um in season one. And um, I, when we got to Vegas, it was supposed to be that scene. We were supposed to shoot the first week, but I had gotten COVID and I had had a horrible case of COVID. Like couldn't get out of bed for day. Like it was miserable. And so they had to push the whole fight sequence back, but we had been training for it. And um, thankfully no one else got sick. But when we did go to finally shoot, I was still recovering from COVID and I had been on Paxlovid and I was like, even on the IVs at one point, like just doing everything to get better. And um, I was so physically weak. So I do like, I did do a lot of the choreography, like a lot of it you see, cause Shelly and I went to classes and we learned it and it was, it very much became like a dance and we learned it in pieces, like the the top and then the middle of the staircase and the bottom. And a lot of it is us, except not like the jumping or the crashing into the glass table. But um, I had COVID, so it was so exhausting. And I just remember being so emotional. And I actually uh, tore my rotator cuff in that scene. And it's not the scene. There's a part of the fight where like she pulls my arm and Anastasia is like, "Ah," but it like grabs it. But that's not where I tore it. I tore it like I was like running down the stairs and they were doing a wide and um like i'm chasing ava and i slipped and i'm in those like i had leg warmers on because it was november in vegas and it was super cold and then i had the skin tight um leather pants on so i could barely move and i'm running down in heels and i tripped and i grabbed the railing and i my body fell and then but my shoulder stayed and it just tore it was so painful so immediate tears i was sobbing it hurt so badly i ended up having to go to er but we had one more take and so they fixed my makeup and they were like we just have to do one tiny bit more. Um, and they did a close up, but thankfully they cut it because I'm sure I just looked like I, I had been sobbing. I'm sure I looked horrible. But uh, that fight scene, I feel like between recovering from COVID and then tearing, 
my rotator cuff doing the scene. It was just, it was hell. And it was the last thing we shot. So it was like, yeah, I was falling apart by the end of filming. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds like it. I mean, yeah. it, 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 everything still looked great. And uh, you were talking about the makeup and I'm thinking it probably still would have worked out for like the scene, you know, True. Just, just like all the uh, sweating and stuff. And it's supposed to be hot on the rooftop. So yeah. Um, the uh, if you've checked out any of the previous interviews, I, I've been asking a lot of the uh, the main cast members who have to reveal things, you know, and and also kind of working with Christine McHugh, the intimacy coordinator. Uh, if yeah. you're willing to share, can you talk about like filming the the sauna scene? Um, yeah, uh, you know, not on trunk, but with uh, Christine on set as well. Yeah. Um, so it was my first time ever being naked on camera and not naked a topless on camera and um i you know like the intimacy coordinators can sometimes get like a like a jokey reputation in hollywood or people being like it's even more uncomfortable with them choreographing how to get but i think they're so important and it was so helpful having christine and like um she was really uh really helpful and like boundaries and like she would bring in my um robe in between takes and she just made me so comfortable with like the way she explained everything and how things were done and it would be a close set and um I was actually because because sometimes you can agree to things and they don't seem as scary and so I was like yeah sure like topless whatever and then in the and you say that in the moment because it's my first show and I'll do anything to book it whatever and then you can be in the moment and change your mind and that's okay that's kind of why the intimacy coordinator is there if if anything's too much or and you don't want to say it to the director but you can say it to her um to kind of act as a mouthpiece for you and I think it's just so important to like have that advocacy for yourself on set if you were uncomfortable think thankfully i was not uncomfortable at all i did not i i was so comfortable um day of and like i said it was a close set i felt super respected and also in the context of the show it's a joke you know what i mean like the whole show it's not like i was nervous but i was like it's not like i'm doing a sex scene or like i'm doing like this very vulnerable which actresses have done and I love and I respect. But for me personally, I was like, it's just a silly, like get this garden here. Or um, I think all of this are with trunks, you know, I'm sure, you know, horribly uncomfortable penis, like a uh, torture scene, all of that. It's like, it's so ridiculous and far-fetched the whole show that I don't think any of us felt like exposed. It was just like in good humor. So it kind of felt like just like flashing a friend, if that makes sense. Like I was just like, oh, it's no big deal. But um, yeah, I got to say it wasn't nearly as scary as uh, as one might think or like as vulnerable. I was actually really comfortable. And uh, I think the scene and I'm proud of the scene. And uh, I, I do think it serves a purpose in the show. Like it's not just gratuitous. I think all of us getting a little naked and weird. So speaks to Vegas and uh, yeah. So it's like... Uh so you, uh, in your role, you were asked to do a lot of different things. We talked about the fight scenes, learning Russian, um, nudity. What would you say? And I know that you had Christine, you know, so like you were comfortable. But any of those um, kind of challenging, right? Like we're like the, the the choreography. You were really sick. But what about the learning the Russian? You have to, you know, kind of learn dialogue in a different language and and sell it that it's authentic yeah. too. Yeah, I think the Russian was definitely the hardest um, and the most intimidating. Um, 
but we had not really a coach, but we had a translator on set whose name was Anastasia, ironically. Um, Yeah, she was really great. And I wish I knew her last last name off the top of my head so I could say it because she was amazing. But she would phonetically sound it out for me, record it and send it to me. So I would learn and like you knew which words they were. So you knew the direct translation, but I would learn it phonetically and then learn what I was saying, obviously in English. So I could like, you know, um, emote, like emote appropriately. And uh, that was definitely the most challenging, like remembering the lines, wanting to make sense, knowing that sometimes I was in scenes like with Costa Ronan, who's, who is fluent in Russian and I'm speaking Russian to him. And I was like, this is terrifying if I sound like an idiot. Um, but no, having her on set and after each take, I would be like so serious. And then they'd call cut and I would look to her and I'd be like, was that good? She was just like, yeah. So she'd either give me a thumbs up or like, eh. and if it was, eh, I would like beg for another, I was like, I can't, you know, but the guys are really respectful of like, we wanted it to sound good and authentic. So I got, I got the time I needed to learn lines, except for there was, there was one day on set where, um, I thought an entire scene was in Russian because for some reason it was written in one of the scripts in Russian, but only the italicized words I actually had to speak in Russian. The rest I could speak in English, but I didn't know that. So I learned the whole scene in Russian. And then I showed up to set and it was like one of the first few weeks of filming. And I was just so eager to please everyone. And I said that in John, John, one of the creators and directors of the show, John Hurwitz was like, no, like you only have the first three lines in Russian. And I was like, oh my God. I had to go learn the English on set. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, would it have changed the, the, the scene? You know, had you had you did you speak in Russian? Um, would it have changed the scene? Yeah, it would have done it, it was just a flashback scene where I'm talking to uh Ivan and okay. some of the other uh, it was supposed to be like from the first episode, we just didn't see it yet. Yes, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, as mm-hmm. as we uh, get ready to wrap up, um, speaking yeah. with uh, some of the others, you know, like with Terrence, for example, who actually in your guys' live, I, I watched the entire thing. It was so fun, you know, yeah. uh, on, on Shelly's uh, Instagram and you guys kept them popping in and out. Well, yeah, because you fell over when Paul showed up or Eugene showed up oh, without yeah, his, yeah. Uh, his shirt. <laughs> so funny. But um, I, I liked learning that there were a lot of scenes where, you know, you one or, one or the other didn't get to see because you guys were on set. So what yeah. was the scene that you didn't see until you watched Obliterated for the very first time and was just kind of like, wow, this is, you know, whatever reaction you had. Oh my gosh, there were so many that I'm not a part of because, you know, Lana was either on the the bus still or whatever. There's so many, so I don't even know. But like in the first episode, uh, the whole the whole. Haggerty doing the bomb thing with a Michael Buble blasting like that scene I thought was so funny and uh just all of it I mean I can't think of anything specifically uh because I wasn't there for so much of it but I was just so blown away that um this like ridiculous thing we were making in Albuquerque New Mexico actually turned out to be this awesome show I was like oh my god we did it <laughs> I was like because you never know how your work's gonna turn out so I was just so blown away to see it all put together and the score is so incredible and uh yeah I was just I, I don't know watching all of it I was just so proud of everyone and of myself and yeah it was just yeah yeah it's it's you know it's still uh I think what last sometime in the past week uh, Mike over at Cobra Kai Wisdom shared that it's still 
top 10 globally, right? It's like number eight or something. Yeah. So people are definitely still watching it. Um, we mentioned Puppet Man is Puppet Man, right? The Puppet Man is on Shutter, AMC Plus. Yes. Uh, do you have anything else that you're able to kind of promote that people could keep an eye out for? Um, nothing coming up. Hope not yet. New Year strikes over, hopefully something soon. But uh, yeah, I'm in The Puppet Man uh, on Shutter, as you said, which I'm really proud of. And I hope everyone watches. Uh, and you can catch me in two bit parts on uh, Apple TV shrinking. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess I just hope for new opportunities in the new year. Uh, if you welcome the interaction, where can people follow you? Oh, um, on Instagram, it's just my name at Alison Gorski. And that's kind of the only platform I, I'm actually active on, so. This has been a production of the Companion Network.